Hey, all you bloodthirsty monsters. I'm back with my boy Gerald of Two Peas. We're going back to Shadyside, the killer capital of the United States of America, where the past is never the past. We're doing Fear Street 78, baby. Let's do this. Gerald, we are back once again to talk about another Fear Street installment, Netflix's new series adapting Harl Stein's classic teen books from the 90s that were extremely popular. Last week's episode, Gangbusters, baby. Thank you so much, everyone, for listening. Seriously, uh, I love when people tune in to hear me shit on stuff. And, of course, they hear Gerald <laughs> slightly defending it, you know? Mm, slightly is the operative word there. There was very little to take away from it. But I did, well, should I, I won't spoil it yet. I won't spoil it yet. I'm not going to say what I was going to say. But hello, Justin. How are yeah, you? Yeah, I'm great, man. Actually, uh <laughs> Fantastic. Just watched this thing earlier, and dude, I can't wait to talk about this one. It, mm. You know, everyone on the internet, that thing that we pay attention to, the Twitter sphere and social media, I kept seeing people say, hey, if you weren't so hot on 94, you're going to love 78. And much like I prefaced the last episode with my love and admiration of 90 slashers, here... We are dealing with an attempt at trying to homage one of the most iconic, if not the most iconic, uh, version of the slasher, the Camp Slasher, mm. taking place in 1978, which is the release of what iconic movie, Gerald? It's right behind your head. I'm looking at it. I wonder. I wonder. Ding, 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 Halloween, ding, ding, brother. ding, 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 ding. The Granddaddy. I mean, most people consider Psycho the Granddaddy. Yes, it probably is. John Carpenter would say that Psycho is the Granddaddy, but for most of us... Halloween is the granddaddy of modern yeah. slashers, uh, even though it took Absolutely. a couple of years until, you know, Friday the 13th came out on the silver screen and destroyed audiences. And then, of course, we got the genre that is being homaged or an attempt at being homaged here in this installment of Fear Street 78. Did you have any expectations after we talked about the last one going into this one at all? You know, you know what, man? Um, ironically, I did because, and it's a bummer. Okay, and I and I hate to do this at the top, but strike two, man, oh. on this Fear Street, on this on this Fear Street thing. But what I was gonna say is, when they announced this initially, and I found out it was coming to Netflix, this is kind of like you know triple header where it was like one after the other. It was obviously very exciting as a horror fan, right? And the the different types of genres that were going to be represented, and this was the one that I was most excited about. In 78, in the promotional stuff I saw in the trailers with that camp uh, slasher aesthetic that I love so much, and I know you do too. For that, so I did have really high expectations for this one specifically. Also, knowing that it was going to be the second in the series of films, I thought that we would have already kind of, you know, played the game of having the story kind of laid out for us and the world building would have already kind of happened. <laughs> 
but yeah, as yeah. we will get into when we start talking about it, it still took a while to get going with this movie, which was a bit of a oh, surprise Oh, that's a to fucking me. understatement, dude. Holy fuck. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, no shit. Um, so, yeah, overall, my expectations for this one specifically were actually really high, and they were not met, not even close oh, to being met. Yeah, well, I would love to meet a person that actually loved this thing, that would, like, wear a t-shirt. Fear Street 78. I'm going to I'm, I'm gonna buy the dude, action was, figures. Was, Ladies and gentlemen, this is not Stranger <laughs> Things 2.0. Okay, this isn't even American Horror Story 2.0. Once again, directed by Lee Janik, who directed the first installment. She directed all of them. Which, by the way, Gerald, I did a little bit of digging. Were you aware? Yeah. Were you aware that she was actually dating one of the Duffer brothers while making this? Oh, yeah. I did, not. Well, I did not, but I can't say that's all too surprising now that yeah, I hear that. That's the reaction mm. I was expecting. That would explain the huge Stranger Things influence. It would also explain no some of those popular actors showing up on casting yeah yeah, for sure (laughs) um a little bit of that influence dipping in and out of there but i mean like you could see where maybe the gears were turning a little bit while she was probably maybe she was on set of stranger things season three i don't know Mm -hmm. but so here we are at a camp the movie opens and Dina's back from the first installment it's the basically picking up where the last one left off or a little bit before it um and Dina's trying to get her chick some help, man. She's fucking possessed. Some crazy shit's going on. And mm-hmm. they go back to the girl they called in the last one. See Berman. That's right. And it opens so well. I'm like, this is the best thing ever. Sitting around watching television. Mmm, Jim Beam and mac and cheese TV dinner. Sounds like my mm-hmm. kind of night. I mean, I was like, man, at least they opened up too with a song that was already out. In 1994, you being that Nirvana aficionado, I mean, I was like, okay, that's that's cool with me. But they're like, yeah. But we talked about the sound drops on when we did last week's show, and I mean, Jesus, got we got to chill out with this with this shit with this with these deal I mean, drops, I, I, and, that, and that's and that's coming from arguably one of the biggest Nirvana fans in the world. And even I was like, are you fucking? Well, serious? it was within like, the first like three minutes doing. of this shit. I was like, okay, you're yeah. going there already. I mean, he, I mean, he died that year. Yeah, I get it, but. Yeah, I mean, it was immediate, it, it, you know, and I'm yeah. like, oh, here we go. I get it. Yeah. It was all over the radio at the time and everything. It was extremely popular. I mean, I didn't have my first Nirvana shirt until after he had died. So I guess I was the fucking poser mm. of junior high or whatever. But um, no. but no, I mean, I like, mean, so they're there. They're like, yeah, you have to help us. We, you, you called us back. And then like two seconds later, it's that classic opening of a horror movie, which I actually love is like the ghost story moment where the elder is going to sit down and tell you a story. They're going to open a book and then you're going to go back in time and then everyone's just going to sit around. It's not a campfire here even though that would have been cooler um but nope in her yeah, in her, yeah, in her shitty living room with half a bottle of jim beam i wonder i wonder if she allowed those underage kids to partake in the bottle it was just sitting <laughs> there she didn't drink the whole thing i saw like there was at least a quarter of that shit left after that mac and cheese meal so i was like hmm yeah, yeah i wonder but you know i wasn't i wasn't a fan of this open i know you said you were and I do like the, you know, gather around kids, let me tell you a scary story kind of deal or whatever. But I guess I was so kind of like impatient and frustrated from 94 that I was like, they better fucking drop me right into oh, 1978. I, get it. I, get it. I better I better see somebody with a fucking axe to the head yep. within like, you know what I mean? And it was just like this like long narration kind of like. Yeah, you wanted to start off again, with a bang, you know? man. You wanted to kick off that party with a fucking bang. I mean, for me, at least yeah. the, the mac and cheese TV dinner and the Jim Beam was kind of like representative that of that. Cool. I was like, okay, cool. Shit's gonna yeah. no, okay, slow. But then shoot back to 78 and 
we have yet another Stranger Things album here. Favorite Sadie yeah. Sink as Ziggy Berman. And they're like literally screaming at this girl. You're going to hang, witch. And it, I guess it's over stealing. Right. I'm like, dude, for real. I mean, talk about bullying. I mean, I know the 70s were rough. I mean, if Days and Confused mm-hmm. taught me anything, it's that in the 70s, you didn't want to be a kid that got bullied. You'd get paddled. Apparently here you'll get burned at the stake. You'll die. You'll yeah. get murdered. Yeah. Um, and she gets clotheslined by a fucking dude, no less. Like, like full impact, like ultimate warrior clothesline to the face. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She's bleeding. I'm like, are they really going to burn this girl alive for stealing? Yeah, that was a frightening scene, really. I mean, that, I mean, I know it's a horror movie, but that was like, you know, a real moment in a horror movie. And it was pretty frightening. And one thing I want to point out, too, here is I really love Sadie Sink in this role. I mean, one of the few things about this movie that I take away from it is that the acting hands down, much better. Hands down. She's yeah. probably the best thing about the entire film. But at the same time, she's not utilized properly and i'm like i get bringing her in here because she was a huge standout in stranger things Mm. everyone loved her she was fantastic in that role she started out kind of bitchy and whiny then turned out to be an awesome new character and was introduced into that show as a new character when everyone already loved all the old characters and she actually shined as part of the group you know in the long run but here she's the centerpiece in a way and we're led to believe she's going to be a big deal and we'll find out as we go through this thing that she's not really on screen as much as she probably should be if you're going to use her that way um Mm-hmm. But yeah, we're, we have the scene where they're these. She literally gets burned on the arm with a Zippo lighter, and then like the camp counselor is about to kick her out. It's your fifth strike. You've been fucking shit up. You've been stealing and spray painting. And okay, I'm like, I get it. You're 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 trying to enforce this idea that she's a huge rebel. So I'm like, okay, that, that's what they're trying to do with this character. And I found myself immediately starting to like the score a lot better here. Marco Beltrami not doing his classic scream score again here. It sounds a lot more like. <laughs> Harry Manfredini, yeah, Friday the 13th. Better. I heard those notes in there. So yet again, I'm like, at least they continue, Gerald, the ripoffs unapologetically. I'm giving you a pass on that one. They're definitely going to tell yeah. you it's it's taking place at a camp in 78. Make it sound well, like Friday your, the 13th. Yeah, for sure. But to your point too, though, um, it was much more subtle. Like it wasn't as blatant as it was in 94. And it was subtle enough to where you really could appreciate it. You know, so I agree with you in that respect. Yeah, much better score. Even though like <laughs> later on, Dude, I'm telling you right now, there were some extremely fruity parts that popped up that kind of felt like a cartoon and stuff when they're like getting chased and all that shit. I was like, wait, what the? F- this is like Scooby Doo shit. <laughs> like flat out, are they trying to do Scooby Doo with this thing? I, I I have no idea, but oh man, I have to say though, so this shit happens and we're back at the camp. And I was like, holy fuck, dude, the kid that gets the raw iron fence kill from Halloween H40 is in this fucking thing. I was like, you know, the kid with the chap lips that gets hammered in the devil costume at the Halloween dance at the school on Halloween 2018 tries to get laid, mm-hmm. fails miserably. Mm-hmm. He's in this mm-hmm. shit. I was like, dude, yeah. how long ago was that that you filmed that and you looked like you were 13 and you still look like you're fucking 13 here? I was like, how great must that be? I know he didn't really, he didn't really age much, did he? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that was cool. That was a cool. I mean, that was it's always cool when you get these movies that don't have, you know, I don't want to say no names, but they have a lot of actors that just aren't very. No, it's okay, Gerald. You can say it. There's no names in this. (laughs) There's there's not a single name. Like one girl from Stranger Things season three is not. I mean, but that's cool, though, because it's cheap, which is, you know, low budget horror at its finest. That's how these slashers were all made back in the day. You get someone with a kind of a name, you know what I mean? And you pay them the smallest amount and then you could put that name on the, you know, the poster or whatever. But. 
Totally right in saying so. Yeah. I mean, I thought it was cool when he popped up, though, because it's always it's always fun when you're like, oh, I don't know any of these people, but I recognize this fucking like, guy. Yeah, this guy. That kid and, that yeah, had that know, awesome yeah. fucking kill from Halloween. Yeah, put him in this shit. Um, yeah. So Ziggy goes in. She's trying to get fixed her little burn. I'm like, man, that shit would have been fine without a Band-Aid. You didn't really get that burned, but okay, whatever. Yeah, and you're nurse, fine. Nurse Lane, uh, sounds familiar, the mother of Ruby Lane. You know that badass chick from the first movie with like the cool razor and shit and the slit wrists and all that stuff? Yeah, this is her mom that works at this camp and she's already acting like she took like fucking a handful of LSD and she's nodding out and shit. I'm like, okay. Yeah, that's, um, that's Jordana Spiro and she was in um, Ozark, which is a TV show I love on Netflix. Dude, so there's a little bit of a Netflix connection dude, there too. what character is she? How am I not noticing this? I mean, I, I didn't finish the entire show. I didn't watch the third season. She's, but... she's the one that owns the bar. Oh my God, dude. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's insane. The blue, um, I can't remember the name of the bar for some reason. Okay, yeah, well they she's the owner. They aged her bad in this, even worse, and she's like a drunk and drug addict in that show as well. So I was like, wow, okay, mm-hmm. I didn't even pick up on that. But uh, great performance from her, though. She's short lived. I mean, she puts this bandage on Ziggy a little too harshly, and then well, soon she's out of there. Um, but. Is it just me, Gerald, or does her sister, Cindy Berman, played by Emily Rudd, sound a lot like and look a little bit like Alison Brie? Tell me I'm not crazy there. Uh, let me look this up and see if I recall. Hang on. I'm going to do a little. <laughs> yeah, no. Who's uh, M- Emily Rudd, right? Yep. Uh, wow. Well, this picture really does look like Alison well, Brie. Vo- She's kind of hot. The, I mean, the voice the voice definitely got me immediately. I was just thinking Alison Brie glow, Alison okay. Brie. And I was like, oh. Well, this is one of, this is one of those scenarios where you said that and now i and see now it, you but see, I didn't it, see it but when you i was didn't watching see it, it before yeah. well it's because my head yeah. was turned and i didn't see her on her first few lines of dialogue so i was watching my puppy try to take a dump on his pee pee pad and i was like oh shit <laughs> and then i turned my head I'm like oh that's not but it sounds like oh if, if it sounds like and it looks like allison brie is it allison brie close mm. enough close enough so mm. <laughs> Same po- same ballpark. Maybe. I mean, she was hot. I mean, maybe, maybe. Well, how old is she? Are you allowed to say that? Can Gerald? I say that? Hold Are on. You... Let me say that. Hello. <laughs> At least I've, <laughs> we, we gotta watch her. I mean, she's probably thirty fucking two years old or whatever. Uh, like the chicks from the last oh, one, but people man. are getting heat for like, hey, that chick's hot, making out with that chick. It's okay, dude. She's twenty three and she's forty five. Go. It's all good. What's what's her first name? Emily. Yeah, Emily Rudd. I didn't mean to derail no, you, not but I, mean, I did think she was hot. Fucking going, dude. Uncut, unrated uh, motherfucker. That's how EFG does. I don't give a fuck. Emily Rudd. Uh, let's see. Okay. Because IMDb will tell you when she was That's born, right? right? Yep. I think. I think. And then I have to do the shitty math on the calculator. It'll tell you right at the top header how, how old. Well, it doesn't, though. That's what I'm saying. Really? What the fuck? Probably because she's underage and they can't. No <laughs> I mean, way. Now I'm looking it up for sure. <laughs> Hold on, where the fuck is Oh, wait, yeah, so trivia. She was born in Minnesota. Um, she's no relation to Paul Rudd. That's a bummer. Uh, I don't see her. I don't see her birthday on here. Oh, Justin. Dude, what in the crap, dude? Hold on. I have to look this up now. On the Wikip- we got to find this out. On the Wikipedia, <laughs> she's not. Her birthday isn't listed either. I'm going to find Oh, that. my God. So I don't know if I'm uh, committing a crime. Okay, well. How the, how in the crap? How in the crap do they not have her? Just Google how old is actress Emily Rudd. Maybe that'll come up. 
This is one of the shows. Come Google to, just so told sorry. me no one knows who the fuck she is, Gerald. That's what it just said. <laughs> Tw- no, 28 she's 28. Years. I just, 28 I just saw years. that. So she's 28. It's she, okay to say that. It's okay to say yeah, that. Yeah, she's hot, bro. She's hot. She's hot. She's hot. It's she's, all good. She's officially so hot now. She's not, okay, I mean, right. I'm, I'm not even 10 years <laughs> older than her, and she's playing like a fucking a teenager. So mm-hmm. that's fine. Mm-hmm. And with the okay, I'm so sorry about that. By the way, okay, now let's get back on track. No, look, you're, you're, you're so leaving sorry. all that in. You're leaving all that in. Oh lord. We don't fuck around on the epic film, guys. We are the most politically incorrect show you'll probably hear in terms of movie criticism goes. I don't care. I don't give a fuck. Yeah, she's hot, but she sounded like Allison Brie a little bit. And if you look at that picture on Google, looks like her a little bit. They're probably like, yo, this chick, she sounds like Allison Brie. Allison Brie's in, dude. Except for that shitty ass fucking Christmas movie that Gerald liked last year. But no one's talking about that. Oh, man. God damn, I love that movie. I hope Lois Sauce is hearing me say that. What was that movie, though? Now I have to look that up. The only reason that movie was fine is for the five (laughs) seconds that Daniel Levy was in it and made it good. Oh, he was the best. He was the absolute best in that movie. Happiest season. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah, I love that movie. I drank, yeah. I drank, I drank Tito's fuck through the entire thing, and I did slightly fuck enjoy you guys. it. That movie was great. I enjoyed it on a surface <laughs> level. But moving along here, back to Fear Street. No one gives a fuck what this movie is called. <laughs> Nurse Lane sees this kid's name, okay, mm. on the wall, and is like, "Fuck it." Yep. She's like starting to go crazy. I mean, we saw a little bit of nuts going through there when she looked like she had taken that handful of LSD, but she's like, "Nope, I'm gonna grab this butcher knife and stab this fucking kid in his throat because I saw the name on." a wall no context or anything Mm -hmm. they're just like standing in this cafeteria area cleaning and she comes at him that's it and then of course they you know they they kind of tussle around and stuff she gets knocked out and they pull her on Mm -hmm. out of there and i gotta say gerald this blonde long-haired kid tommy slater uh played by mccabe sly slightly reminds me of glazier from the burning the weinstein's first movie Wow. Just, just, uh, yeah. Just nowhere near as big of an asshole, but almost like kind of a second-rate Devin Sawa. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. He's just a lot nicer. But what did you think of Tommy? I know he has obviously a huge arc from where we are right now in the story <laughs> to where he ultimately goes. Well, we'll be we'll be getting but, there uh, soon enough. I mean, here's the thing: the the, the kid himself uh, and the actor playing him is is not bad. I actually kind of like the character a little bit. Um, where usually mm-hmm. this kind of character would be an asshole. We have like a couple of asshole. Actually, we have a lot of asshole kids in this fucking thing. Let's make no mistake. But yeah, but I kind of liked him. He's like kind of low key. Obviously, when we, we first meet him, we get actually any real dialogue out of him. They're at the cafeteria and they're about to do this <clears throat> game that they do. It seems like at the camp once a year, this this honorary game where it's kind of like this ritual or I don't know what you would call it. Where the two sides, the two different towns yep, that go to the camp, go against each other. And it's kind of like, mm. you know, this this honorary thing that they do. And I was like, man, this, this kid's kind of likable. I'm like, so far, I don't really like any of these people all that much. But this kid's kind of nice well that's that's why i mentioned it because i could tell that they were trying to hook us into connecting to him and kind of liking him before he had his turn well you know but i i really never did though yeah i mean like we don't really get any backstory we don't really know anything much about him at all i mean like this whole thing is about these two sisters the bermans and and i'll I'll go through this as we continue this review and get deeper but you know we kind of get this scene right after this where the sisters are talking and 
you know, they're kind of arguing with each other. And, you know, C. Berman's complaining about, listen, you could have fucked this whole thing up for me, blah, blah, blah. And she's like this goody two shoes. And Ziggy's like, yo, go fuck yourself. I don't care. And then it's like, of course, we get the backstory. There it is. Okay. Dad left. Mom's a drunk. Literally. Wait a minute. Literally. Are you serious? Dad's a drunk. Mm -hmm. Mom's a drunk. Wasn't Dina's dad a supposed drunk in the first film but we never saw anything about him it's like they right. just want character development to be a line of dialogue and we're supposed to accept it immediately you know it, it, we get this chick is supposed to be a rebel but i'm like oh okay i get it like a divorce and now mom's you know boozing a little bit i, I just like for me i was getting you, really annoyed really quick really quick yeah there's no there's no there's no substance to it it's all just this exposition that we're supposed to somehow like i don't know i guess do the work ourselves to kind of envision which is super lazy on the filmmaker's part it's like give us something that we can you know materialize and like you know see you know what i, I mean even if it's a flashback or just like a flashback would have been you know, fantastic anything. i mean i love yeah. how you said you wanted this thing to come in full force like no holds barred like no no opening nothing just come in real hard grit fucking blood and gore but what eventually would have helped this if you were going to try to develop these characters and try to get us invested in them give, give us that flashback immediately or, or let's see them before they go to the camp you know like make the story all about them make the you know the, the connection to the first installment very brief very short and then go right into these new characters because we're like we don't know anything about these characters other than you know the name drop and the phone call from the first installment you know this thing at this point by the time we're here you know in this discussion this thing is way more of a cw teen drama than a camp slasher i mean uh absolutely dude i'm so glad you said that because that is that was one of my you know i kind of felt like that a little bit with a 94 one too and i think you actually mentioned last week it was like you know the cw like a cw version of scream you know and it was even more in this one oh, like yeah. i just felt like it was too much like teen drama dialogue and shit it's like where is where is this camp slasher that give me what i want me, you know? seriously yeah Look at the poster. Look at the trailer. I mean, dude, Gerald, were they not aware of the 15-minute rule in slashers? We're literally 27 minutes into this thing during this discussion. (laughs) We have had one on-screen kill. I mean, dude. They absolutely were not aware of that rule, bro. The the nurse, I mean, the nurse, she tried. She tried to slaughter a teenager on screen, but was there penetration? I think not. I mean, I get that this is trying to grab that demographic of, like, the Sabrina the Teenage Witch or the American Horror Story or any of the other Netflix teen series out there, but come the fuck on, dude. Give us old slasher fans something bloody to chew on here. I mean, you're, we're, uh, I'll get to it when we get there, but dude, the first kill isn't even until 44 minutes into the fucking movie. I know, dude. It drove me fucking crazy, man. It, it really did. And it, and it, I, the movie lost me before, like, because there was a period in this movie, and it was actually right then, it was around that 44 minute mark for about a half hour or so that I really enjoyed what was happening for that 30 minutes. I know we're going to get there, but that was it, right? But by the time it got there, we're 44 minutes in, like I was already like checked out. I'm just like, this really should have happened a lot sooner. So even though I enjoyed some of the things I saw in that, you know, span of time, I was just so annoyed as a viewer that it just took him this long to get there. Being an old man that you are, Gerald, you were born in the seventies. You got to appreciate, you know, like dialogue where a character will say he's kind of shagadelic uh, or that's a neato speech they, they had at least they tried to put some of the 70s lingo in there that was the only attempt 
you know, at trying to make it feel like the late 70s. I mean, other than like the, 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 the fucking random drops of music here and there, which again, were less than 94, I felt. Or maybe I just didn't notice, but... Can I just say something real quick too, because you were talking about, you know, the character development and connecting to the characters. And this is... um as I'm sitting here talking to you, that I'm kind of like reflecting on it a little bit because it's been a few days since I saw it, is what I really had hoped with this was that we were going to get like that Friday the 13th type slasher where it's more about the horror villain and the kills and the horror of it. Because if you think about it, I mean, you have your, you know, Tommy Jarvis and Megan Garris. And I mean, you have a lot of great characters in that franchise. But generally speaking, like people aren't going into a Friday the 13th movie, especially back in the 80s, and expecting to connect to the campers. <laughs> Do you know what I'm saying? They're just likable like, enough. They're there to see them get killed. Yeah, you know? they're just likable enough. So this was too much like, tr- like try hard to get us to... Like, what do you want to be? Do you want to be a Friday the 13th sleepaway camp type slasher? Or do you want to be this like CW kind of like teen drama with a couple cool kills in it? Do you know what I mean? It was just weird. I, I didn't feel like it knew what it wanted to be. And it definitely wasn't what I wanted it well, to I be. Well, I think, you know, know I just I, to piggyback off that, Gerald, and, and be a little bit serious here before I get nutty. I think it does know. I, I think I think that Netflix knows what they want it to be. And I think that maybe Lee Janiak had a lot of influences for what she was trying to put into this thing, but mm. they don't make them like they used to. And, That's true. and, and we're going to keep saying that probably into the next installment. I, I don't know yet. I'm, yeah. I'm hopeful. But after two in a row, um, they don't make them like they used to. And I have to ask you this. After we slaughtered the last installment, is this just another case of <laughs> old man yelling at things? Get off my lawn type shit. Is it, is it more of that? We're like, you didn't do it the right way, boy. You think, you think Back so? Back in my be, day, man. we got 10 kills it, in the first 10 minutes. It could be. You know, I, I guess I'm just... And I mentioned this when we talked about 94 too, but I guess I'm just disappointed with where my expectations were versus what I saw. And there was some good stuff there. Like there was some good stuff in in the meat and bones here, but you know, maybe it is just, I'm just an old No, man no, no. Off. I mean like, dude, literally, literally. <laughs> just give me what I want and fucking, it's you definitely, know, a, It's go. a mixture of both. There's a case <laughs> of, I'm sure we're not the only ones. I guarantee you there are plenty of other slasher fans and horror aficionados and bloodthirsty junk out there that are like bro it's 44 fucking minutes in i haven't seen anyone get beheaded no one's face has been slashed into you know so it is that element there and and again this is a netflix thing so we don't know if they cut things or they just said you have to kind of do it like this now and it is a modern slasher thing so when we do get like that crazy kill like the end of the last installment in in 94 you kind of like okay well they they were able to go that far in that one so what are they going to do in this one and i do i do have to say like as as the film progresses i really do like that old you know goonies a bunch of kids out in the woods up to no good exploring spooky shit aspect yeah when they go and they mm-hmm. find seraphir's yeah. little dungeon um yeah there was a good there was a good portion yeah, there for sure i, 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 enjoy, I enjoyed it it, it, it was well shot and it had some atmosphere and it's like oh they're the stoner kids are trying to find drugs and they find a map and they're like okay sweet let's go find this shit let's do this um mm-hmm. You know, and then when we finally get there, it, it, it is kind of classic slasher, random dialogue. Kids are arguing, whatever's happening. And when that first kill comes, while it's impactful, 
Mm-hmm. Gerald, it's yet another axe to the head to the long haired oh, yeah. hippie character. And well done. Yeah, the, the, CGI. That was the greatest hit. You know, blood spray. Yeah, a little. Uh, but didn't we already see this kill at the end of the last fucking movie? We did. Yeah, we did. And and it, it got redundant in this movie, you know. And I over get it that he's just kind of the. Yeah, I get again. it that he's just like this brute, you know, he's just supposed to be this brute force with an axe that's kind of like, you know, mindless or whatever and just killing people with the weapon of choice. And I get that. Well, well weapon of choice. They threw that one in his hand and didn't let him pick up anything else. You'd think they could get a little more creative here. Maybe a chainsaw, a pickaxe. The old butcher knife is probably the quintessential yeah. knife weapon. And, I mean, and pay. And pay. Impale him into, uh, you know, some antlers and taxidermy. There you and get go. a call back. Get a call back to, you know, Silent Night, Deadly Night, or do something. I want, I I want mean, some random eyeballs popping out and shit to homage Part Three, Friday Part Three, or something. Yeah. Like, you know, give me a chainsaw. Give me something different here. You know, yeah, um, you know. And, I agree. and during that time frame, we get we get some horror references, of course. You know, it kind of shoved in here. You know, Ziggy sucks cocks in hell. That spray painted in a room. Nice little Exorcist reference in there. Immediately followed mm. up by. A Carrie in Salem's Lot mentioned, you know, Stephen King yep. references. Cool. Awesome. Glad that he tells I, her to carry. Gl- he tells her to carry on. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I, I, was so hard at that. Like, I'm glad you're acknowledging things that that were so much better uh, than anything else at that time and are still better than everything else now and better than your piece of shit movie you're making now. But cool. Put them in there to <laughs> right. remind us of other. Hey, you know, I have Salem's Lot on Blu-ray over there. I, yo, dude, I got fucking Exorcist. Holy shit. Yeah. I've got Carrie over there, too. I'll just turn this shit off and watch them right the fuck right now <laughs> you know yeah it's like uh referencing those things sometimes doesn't really help your movie because it immediately gets people thinking about things that are way b- iconic legendary classic obviously they're talking about right. the books um uh but at the same no, time but i get but i get your point though yeah for sure yeah i mean i'm with you man it's just like i, I did appreciate you know and i mentioned this before but i did appreciate how it was a little more subtle here you know and i think the first one was a little ridiculous in terms of like shot by shot you know i'm doing exactly what i saw another filmmaker do as opposed to let me just have this one little line of dialogue like i thought you know nick good's like carry on comment was hilarious after they've been talking about carrie and you know she wanted to do the i, I like that character she only had I, don't, I don't think they like, exploited him enough actually i mean i, I like that they connected yeah. that character you know he was in the first installment as the sheriff and he's here back again but uh, to your point gerald the reason why they didn't homage or try to rip off friday the 13th any further probably is because those rights issues that are happening right now and they're still in fucking court like eight years later and they know that they'll get uh. sued by every motherfucker already being sued right now if they homage it any further even though i mean they they did sackhead jason let's face it they literally I was gonna did say yeah they jason. basically did so yeah, i mean I, they basically did we'll see we're gonna sue you too but no it's cool that the nick good <laughs> character is back here again and, and there's yet another pointless and boring subplot you know, to this thing with Ziggy where he's like, got a thing for her. And there's like, yeah, did you think it was weird that I guess well, I'll ask you this now since we're kind of on the Nick and Ziggy thing. I mean, it was I just felt like that literally came out of nowhere where he was just like they had known each other for like two days. And he's just like, I'm never going to let anything happen to you. And like, well, I mean, he, I mean, he, he, can, he, he did see like a whole fucking mob of people try to crucify her and burn her to the fucking stake on that tree. Well, I know. But you know what I mean? Like he was talking to her like she was like the love of his life or something. Well, hey, 
mean, I'm just like, I mean, I mean, it's Sadie it. Sink, I mean, but you I mean, know, we can say this. She is of age. We know this for sure. So we're not uh, going to get in trouble by we? saying this. I yes, of course. She's at least 18, so that's fine. Sadie Sink is. I don't yes. know, man. I, don't look it up. <laughs> don't look don't it up. Even... We're fine. We're fine. I swear to God. <laughs> Alice, it's not Alice and Brie 2.0. Uh, sure? I'll Hold be on. the one that gets in trouble for this. But what I'm All saying right, is, ahead. what I'm saying is, his character in the movie. We'll say it that way. <laughs> don't cut any okay, of that. Yeah. I swear to God. His character in the movie. Hey, she's like, yeah, she's pretty hot up there. She's about to get burned. Uh, might get something out of this. Cool. Oh, hey, whatever, okay. man. You always the thing that I do like about this in terms of the whole subplot of the relationship and the attempt at romance attempt, I should say, because there is really no romance mm-hmm. really there. Uh, is that when you're at summer camp or when it's summertime? When I was a kid, man, when I was a teenager and I go to amusement parks with my family or go on vacations and stuff, I would have those moments where I'd meet a random girl. You'd you'd, you'd kind of like make eyes with them, and then like later on. During the day, you'd be like trying to see where they were, see if you could find where they were. I hope I see them again. And it would just be kind of like that connection, that random connection. And maybe or maybe not, by the end of the day, you'd actually talk to them. And in my mm-hmm. case, you'd make out with them. Wow. And look at you. Uh, Bravo. I was, I was and will always be a whore, even though I'm married and haven't been since. But just saying, just being honest, this is that youthful energy. Your hormones are fucking raging and you're like, yeah, I, sure. No, I get it. So, yeah. I, I think it's just trying to do like that natural thing where hey, maybe he sees something in her or whatever and, and uh, he likes that rebellious attitude and also maybe he just thinks because she's that rebellious she'll be great in bed we're going to get to some of that in a few minutes here but and uh, and she's 19 so you're good I, I knew it I told you I see there you go I uh, got that intuition there we're not, oh, we're not talking about man. I mean she's still old enough to be your kid and old enough to be mine as well oh yeah but, she's actually younger than my kid she's a few months younger you can see, so that's she's weird, legal but, though you yeah. can still say it <laughs> <laughs> Don't cut it out. Um, but no. Oh, man. But no, so we move on here. And what, this is the beginning of one of the most disappointing elements of this entire movie. So they're playing this game. They trap the other side. You can't move. You can't leave unless your team members come in and save you. And we have mm-hmm. this really nice fat nerd kid with glasses on. Yeah, gets bullied. And he's just like trying to be nice to these people, these kids that they they pulled in. And they're he's trying to watch stuff. And then He offers them a drink. Yeah, he offers them like some, some juice or something. They want to play a game yeah. and they tell him to shut up you nerd and i'm like oh wow mm-hmm. rough so the lights go out and dude this is the most disappointing thing about this is the lack of balls okay hated it you hear a little small sound and then you're like he's dead we didn't and we see he gets slaughtered in a pool of blood we didn't see it you, uh, why not why didn't why didn't we why? that tell me gerald you I tell hate, me I, I don't know man i mean the only thing first of all it's it's inexplicable like i don't understand it because you have the r rating this is a camp slasher nobody's tuning into this to expect you know i mean a couple kills we get at the end of this were more brutal than what this would have been but the only thing i can think of from like a production standpoint is that they just didn't want they wanted to keep that kind of like cw vibe and i keep I, I hate to keep well, using know, the CW dude, as an adjective, God but damn it, dude. I mean, if Floyd Sauce uh, were on here right now, that's the only now, thing I think of. He'd be so angry. It. You had the balls Me too. to I hated kill the it. kid. You you had those balls to do it. As taboo as it is, even in 2021 right now, but not enough balls to actually show the kid's death scene, and and that's something that continues on throughout this whole fucking thing. I'm like, yes. Why are yes, you? Yes, this is not the only time. Dude, the yeah, Friday the Thirteenth movies. As an example, I hate to keep referencing them, but listen, they're the granddaddy. They are the oh, for sure. originator of the camp slasher. And those movies never actually killed, quote unquote, kids. 
children. They all at least look like they were fucking 25 or 26, even though they were playing like yeah. late teens, early 20s. You know what I mean? You could have cut that fucking kid's head off. That fat kid could have had his blubber sliced out of his fucking stomach and it would have been amazing. And no one would have been like, oh my God, I'm calling Netflix right now. I'm going to fucking, I'm going to pick at Netflix. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to write a letter to them tonight and tell them that they did the worst thing they've ever done. No one would pay attention to that at all. It was such, it was such a missed opportunity, man. I mean, think of what our reaction to this movie would have been if they had had the balls to do just that one scene even. Just one. You know, even the kids that get killed, even the kids that get killed later in the movie, if you want to cut away from them, okay. But if you give us one brutal, you know, child murder on screen, then the whole movie changes. It it, it didn't even have to be like front faced, right in your face, you know, Mm -hmm. close up or anything. Just give me something because they they, they obviously portrayed this kid as being this sweet, nice kid. He's trying to help, you know, his basically his enemies during this game he's just a sweet kid when you do that that means you have balls and that's what that's what i needed from this series of films i as a slasher fan as a horror fan as a film critic i wanted you to do something to say hey we're crossing the fucking line here we're gonna show you i am and nope i am i am eye to eye with you just do it or don't fucking do it like why did you even broach it if it wasn't something you were courageous enough to do now maybe maybe she did do it and maybe it got cut or edited i don't you know i don't know but maybe it wasn't her decision necessarily but either way the final product was was a huge disappointment netflix will release true crime series week in and week out that show actual footage and images of real people dead after being Mm -hmm. brutally slaughtered literally they do it every week or every other week they'll release something with real shit you can't have a a fat kid with glasses getting his belly slid open with intestines hanging out i mean give me something netflix come on you gave an r rating it says strong violence in the beginning come on i know man but moving along moving along we've got i've got c berman and alice here stuck in this little cavern slash dungeon this witch's dungeon and then we see like this really crazy nutty fucking monster bubbling and disgusting creature (laughs) shit which looked kind of cool i was like whoa what are you doing here with this looks like some raboutine shit over here i was like okay so i'm kind of digging this they're they're stuck down there yeah did you like you like that was that was that practical do you know it was not practical I do not believe it was practical. It, I don't it, think it, it was it, either. It looked practical. Um, I believe if Chris Nelson had his way with his effects team, it would have been practical. But I will say, yeah, it was well done. It looked cool. It it, it, it did. looked very good. It did. Actually. I was just trying. I was just trying to tell if it was like a mix of practical and CG, or if it was CG. But well, well, there, well you're, yeah. you're correct in saying so because uh, to be clear, there are a lot of elements in this that are practical mixed with CGI, like the the first mm-hmm. the first axe kill to the face in this thing was uh, half practical, half CGI. But I mean, right. you know, we get that disgusting bubbling meat pile in the dungeon and shit starts to hit the fan. And of course, surprise, Gerald, the punk chick, you know, the one that's been trying to get high off fucking pills. She doesn't care if she ODs or not or whatever. The entire right, fucking right. movie. She trips and her ankle is snapped. Literally. Bone out mm-hmm. and everything, blood, it's sticking out. And I'm like, okay. There we go. I'm like, all right, well, you know, slasher trope, you know, chicks fucking trip over everything in these movies i'm like well you just were in <laughs> this true. cavern you just took a step forward and you tripped and ah! you know okay sweet great i got a little bit of gore here um 
and a little bit of body horror, you know, a little, 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 little bit there, a little bit cringy, a little cringy. They're, they're stuck there, these two characters, and they're and they're trying to do this this whole thing where let, let's pair characters together mm-hmm. and let's write a backstory for them. So we're we're moving the sisters away from each other, which was a bad idea. You should have just had the sisters together the entire time and built other characters to be off doing other things, which would have made those two characters. You know, the ones we're supposed to care about a lot stronger as a centerpiece. But no, we've got, you know, you used to be cool before you started snitching on us and doing dumb shit. And then I just want right. to OD on fucking pills, you know, and, and stuff like that. You know, it, it was like, OK, so why even split them up? Why not have the sisters trapped together and build some other characters elsewhere? You know? Yeah, I agree, man. I, you know, because you already mentioned at the top, but I mean, Sadie Sink, especially from like an acting performance, is the draw here. For me, like, you know, if if she wasn't there, it was really hard for me to be invested in the characters. You know, the kills might have been cool and the aesthetic was really cool, but I just didn't care about the characters aside from her and her connection to her sister and so on. So I do agree with you that it would have been cool to keep them together, you know, and let their story kind of be the one that we connect to. Definitely. There's nothing more strong than family and, and, and splitting them up and having them only come together at the end, which we'll get to in a few moments. <laughs> yeah, we'll fucking get to it. Right. <laughs> We're going to get to a lot of shit. But dude, I have to ask you, I mean, are they are really, really... <sighs> We're going all over the place, but dude, are they really trying to make up for the lack of nudity, the lack of stalk and slash with the foul language? Bud, it seems like every other word out of these kids' mouths is hell, damn, or shit, or fuck. I guess they just fuck up all the time. In classic 80s camp slashers, you might get an obscenity here or there, but not on this level. I mean, dude, trying to pad out that R rating, is this really what they're doing here? Because lack of deaths, we get a side moving a little bit, we get a little, a little side piece of a side boob for like two seconds there's fucking in it <laughs> there's fucking to the runaways in it i know uh, dude or, or earlier i was, I was waiting bomb, to hear yeah. you talk about that because literally i was just yeah. sitting there going cherry bomb yeah. the entire time you're, we, you're, we just, you're goddamn right yeah we just um yeah. i don't i don't know man i mean I, you know to, to your point i mean it's definitely a possibility i i i hate to think that that would have been you know, a trick that they tried to employ, but I don't know. I mean, I said bad words at that age, but I don't think I was saying it on the, you know, at the frequency that they were in this movie. So I feel like it just much like the needle drops. It was just a little bit of overuse of profanity <laughs> from the, well, from the campers. In my I opinion, mean, so. overuse, I can't even comment on that knowing that I am the Epic film guy here and that yeah, every other sure. word out of my mouth is an obscenity or a genitalia, or I sucked a dick last night or mm-hmm, licked an mm-hmm. asshole last week or one wow. of those things, but fair, fair, but it is crazy that they're it seems like they're trying to pat that out to be like yo we're still edgy we're still cool by having the characters be like yo motherfucker you need to go over here and fix this shit and it's like the dialogue is so ham-fisted in your face you're like whoa okay so instead of giving Mm -hmm. me what i really want you can talk like fucking gentiles you can talk like you're a fucking schoolboy, like you're the preppy in school that no one liked but he talked proper and he got good grades you could talk like him but I just want to see murder and maybe yeah, a couple boobs. Say, maybe a couple boobs. If you see like I was gonna say kill <laughs> balls underneath an ass when it's jiggling on top of it. Something. Oh man, I was gonna say take some of your. I'll see you your five motherfuckers and give me a kid death. There it and is. We'll be square. There yeah. it is. Yeah. One kid yeah, death. Was... One kid death. I mean, so as this thing moves along. Yep. 
More kids getting killed again, Gerald, as we talked about. We don't see anything. And in a mm-hmm. true slasher, uh, this would have been used for suspense. Give us a dismembered kid mm-hmm. and build it up. Make it scary. This is when Good comes in the room and sees the dismembered kid, which I guess is the fat kid with the glasses. Mm-hmm. There's no build up to it. He just kind of walks in. No, none. It's directly lit. None. He goes and falls back against the wall, runs yeah. out. Yep. In a true 80s slasher, you know that scene probably would have taken at least three to four minutes, maybe. Mm-hmm. It would have been build up, him walking in, searching around. And when he found it, the music would have, would have swelled up and built. Yeah. And then you would have been scared. It would have been like a quick zoom, a good close up on whatever prosthetic that Tom Savini made or whoever made it at the right. time. And right. you'd go, whoa. Or one of the, one of the arms. And then yeah, all the one girls of the arms in the audience, would have fell on him yep, or something. They, they, they would <laughs> fucking hide their face. And here, yeah. we don't get any of that at all whatsoever. So. Nope. Nope. I agree. Nope. So it's a shame, man. It moves along. We're going to wrap this up real quick here because all we're literally doing is critiquing every bad thing about this. And I know I feel bad. I mean, there are some good things about well, it, which I guess we'll get to in our we, final. We thoughts, will get to it in yeah, our final thoughts. Yeah, I mean, like that, that's the thing here. If if the thing had been the bones are there, Gerald, you can see them right. too, man. I mean, anyone can see them. Anyone that knows, a, 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 you don't have to be us. You know, I see a, that sign behind your head. It says a, a horror guy. A hashtag a oh, horror right. guy, and we know. Oh, you're that guy and our listeners know that i live on this shit if you don't show me enough yeah. blood i might die the next day but i'm like dude you had the potential there was so much potential here which makes it even more frustrating and i've said this in mm-hmm. reviews over the years if your move straight if your movie is straight shit it doesn't matter. It's just plain bad. But there was mm-hmm. potential here. This shit was shot well. You had decent performances here. You were shooting at the same fucking camp as Jason lives. You had Marco Beltrami scoring the shit. Yeah. <sighs> I mean, how hard is it, dude? to do a camp slasher even the worst camp slashers ever and i'm not going to name any i'm not going to name drop here because they're all still better than this yeah true are, i was are, gonna say they're all just be- just before dawn for example they're all still better than this because because yeah. like you said earlier and you hit the nail on the fucking head like you should have actually taken the nail and hit it in the head of one of these fucking actors and been like don't be in this thing um is that character development was pushed to the side mm-hmm. dialogue was natural it was just a bunch of kids going out to a camp or going right. or going out to camping, have a bonfire and have a few beers and tell ghost stories. Right. It's a very simple thing to execute. And, yeah, and they're likable, they, they, but you're not yeah. I mean they're likable kids, but you're not at the same time being force fed their backstories and their connection to each other. And like you're you're just they're likable enough to where you're like, I don't think I want this person to be killed by Jason. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> but you don't necessarily care what their, you know, if their dad's a drunk or whatever. Do you know what I mean? And where this movie or where this series of movies thus far is missing the mark for me is that it's too much of that and too little of those old school slashers that I love. You have to do one thing or the other, I think. Or yeah. a- actually be successful enough in building the two things together and melding them and actually creating a new subgenre. Because let's face it, in slashers, we rarely get characters we care about all that much. I mean, we have our heroes right. and, and, and sure. our final girls. Final girls. And mm-hmm. that's the thing that we care about the most. I mean, obviously, uh, as a throwback, you know, we just did it, what, December? Our top five favorite final girls. Girls, yeah, you know, women of horror. Women but yeah. of horror on your show, and mm-hmm. those characters will always remain in the zeitgeist. They will be forever remembered, and nothing in this will ever be remembered. You have to go one way or the other. 
what are you trying to do here? And uh, and I'm not going to exactly. completely blame Janik for this. You know, we talked about it earlier on. Like, who knows when Netflix got their hands on this, like what they made, you know, changes to or if that was just her vision initially. Obviously, they're going for like that teen aspect, that Stranger Things. Where, but man, so, that's fine. But Stranger Things, though, that's... but Stranger Things was unapologetic. Let's just make this clear. Mm. They went places. They, they, they had the great characters, great writing, good development. You cared about everything we'll see what happens in the next season but i mean up until this point they nailed all of it right this is a failed attempt you know we, we finally get to some real shit here which <sighs> the slater character well, there's a couple there's a couple things in the end sequence i want to make sure we touch on so i want to see where you're going to go yeah, but go ahead we <laughs> we're finally at the end which is supposed to be the climax we get this slater character we get yet yeah, another scene with a dude with an axe chopping through something a wall or a door for an insanely inappropriate amount of time <laughs> Dude finally gets his Jason Sackhead mask instead of just being a bloodied up dude with a bowl cut and a scowl that looks like second rate Devin Sawa. And I'm like, okay. And I'm like, again, we're supposed to care about these sisters, but they gave us nothing earlier on to grip onto. And, pu- and the punk chick's like, yo, I found Sarah Fear's lost hand. We got to go try to close this curse. Let's go put it with the body. Let's do it. And then, of course, that chick gets killed. Most lackluster fucking kill in the entire fucking... Followed by the best kill, in which Slater gets his head picked off with a fucking pitchfork. And then, of course, two seconds later, he's still running around. It just... It sucks that it took so long to get there, Gerald. It seems this is following suit, beat by beat. With the first installment, I just hate to say, yeah. is it just not as good? Are we really gonna are we really gonna praise the ninety four episode this, of this? Are we? That's my that's my fear, but I think so. But we're there. Well, here's one thing that is painstakingly obvious to me after the second one. After the first one, I was still kind of hanging on to like a little thread that the conversation we had tonight would be a little bit different, but alas, it was not. But what I've realized is that these movies were not for us, as in me and you. They were not for the nostalgia-heavy horror fiends. This movie was more for the new wave of people that are into horror movies that might know about some of the old school shit. They might, you know, obviously everyone knows who Jason is. Most people are familiar with Scream. Like, they know about it, but they're not, like, living it. So we are not the demographic, unfortunately, for this trilogy, I don't think. I'll wait. I'm going to try 66. I'm going to talk about it with you next week, and I hope that it's the best of the three. But that's something that's kind of obvious to me now, and it's funny that you mentioned old man <laughs> yelling at Cloud, because that's kind of what I feel like. But There's I'm, you know, supposed like, to be is, a kill every This is not my minutes. horror movie, you, you Where's fucking my kids. I mean, you know it was you, too. Yeah. I know it was you. Yeah, absolutely, man. I When the first kill happened in that cave, or whatever the hell that was, I, I literally paused it to see what the time was, and it was like 43 minutes and some odd seconds. And I'm like, was, this was, is was, fucking actually, ridiculous. Actually, Gerald, I'm sorry. It was 44 point, like, oh, oh, 2.5 so or something. Because I, <laughs> I paused it as well. I swear to God, I fucking did, yeah, dude. Like, you know I'm that dude, man. Fuck, guys? Because when it was yeah, 15 it minutes was... in, I checked. I was like, wait, this is like, I, no, this is like 16 minutes? I, Wait, wait, there's no you, kill? I, I mean, give I mean you that, 30 I mean, tops I mean, that nurse, if I haven't had nurse, a kill. The nurse, yeah. the, I mean, the nurse tried to kill that guy. I mean, he, he tried to kill, she, she, she hold on. The, I mean, the nurse, the, the nurse tried to like stab that young kid in the throat. And, and then like he tussled yeah. her for like all of two seconds and knocked her out. Great. Like, yeah, that was but, really but, good. But, but, that was but, really but, horrific. But, you know? but, I mean, dude, <laughs> there, there is, there are rules to this. Listen, we have to go back to Randy of Scream. Listen, uh, motherfuckers. Right. Listen, motherfuckers. You ripped off Scream. 
Go back and just listen to Jamie Kennedy's dialogue from the original yeah, screen. Please. Please do. Please. Please do. There are rules. And you have to abide by them. All of the 80s slashers do it. And I hate to say this, Gerald, even though we talked about it earlier and you just mentioned it a few moments ago. Yes, we're not the primary demographic, but we are still a portion of the demographic because this was initially set to be in theaters. So they wanted me and you. They yeah. wanted everyone. You know, that dude that buys all the fucking Fright Rags Halloween shirts and he's wearing like the Halloween hat and the fucking Friday the 13th jacket and all that shit to walk yeah. in there and, and, and pay price of admission and to be excited for this thing and I guarantee you that the majority of those guys probably walked out like either eh or whatever because it's not your granddaddy's slasher it's not even your daddy's slasher or your cousin's slasher this is what they're attempting to give you now I get it's a Netflix thing and I'm not saying that there aren't good slashers being released today H40 did a very notable job here everyone knows about Terrifier which I will continue to fucking jizz on like mm -hmm. it's my boyfriend and I'm coming in his mouth every fucking day of the week because it was so bloody and so unrelenting and unapologetic. There are mm -hmm. people out there still to this day making movies that know how to do a proper slasher. And I'm not saying yeah, no I'm, not, I'm not saying you can't have character development. I can't I can't go there. You know, it's still possible to to blend the two things. But this ain't it, Gerald. This ain't it at all. I mean, like the ending of this could have been yeah. so cool. I mean, we have the four like basically monsters coming at them and mm -hmm. what could have been like an awesome like monster squad setup is like all of two minutes and then the two sisters are laying flat and then you're like oh i'm supposed well, to care well the defiance of logic in the this last like five to ten minutes of this movie if I was a fan of it, I'm just like, what the fuck, guys? So there was a pretty cool kill where Cindy is getting the axe basically just like bludgeoned into her chest over and over again. Yeah, like five or six times. And, and, that was cool. And that was cool. They're showing it. That was that was a cool effect. That was a cool kill. And same thing's going on next door to her sister Ziggy. And, you know, she's getting, you know, fucking stabbed multiple times. But then here comes Nick Good to give her CPR from a multiple stab wound, which I'm not a doctor, but I don't think that's happening. How you fix that dude, <laughs> but somehow that works dude he would have walked out and been like man this bitch is dead i ain't getting laid tonight i ain't getting laid i mean if you're uh, if you're internally bleeding does cpr help you i don't think it put does put her in the bag put her in the bag so that fucking drove me crazy because then it took me out of that really cool those really cool kills that i had just witnessed like a minute earlier and then when we get the 94 back we're back in 94 and they go to the mall to get the fucking hand dude under the tree uh, which, which that not piss you me, off which immediately took me out like i feel like <laughs> I, the, the, the opening the of this fuck? should have been literally designated to i mean maybe two minutes of connection to the 94 jump in like you said to 78 give it it's, mm -hmm. it's it's full time to be what it wants to be what it should be what it needs to be in order to get us invested and then like the last almost i think i counted with with credits like eight to nine minutes is us back in 94 again yeah and i'm like the bookends oh, suck in this movie and, i did not like the bookends of this movie. and i'm like no why are you doing that and then like so they're trying to reunite the hand with the body, and we're not going to get into that now. I think we're going to actually That's fine. take a Please lot don't. more. Please <laughs> We've done enough here. Gerald, seriously, I, oh, I, I, I need I need a, a palate cleanser. I'm, I'm going to sit here and drink Tito's and soda, and I'm going to go grab yeah. The Burning. I'm going to go grab Sleepaway Camp. I'm going to go grab even well, what just I was gonna say. I'm going to go grab fucking Friday the 13th, the final chapter. I'm going to go grab everything I can. Yes, and what I was going to say, too. Give me something. I need this. And, 
And I'm not trying to be funny, but anybody that, you know, tuned into Fear Street 78 and was kind of like us where there was like, there's some cool stuff, but, you know, it really didn't do it for me. If you want like a modern, like camp slasher that pays homage to some of that old stuff in the right way while it's still its own thing, there's this movie called The Final Girl that came out in 2015. You're preaching to the choir, my friend. I can't fucking believe Um, it. You're the best dude Now that's what, that's what you should be watching. And dude, that shit's PG-13, dude. That shit is PG-13. I know. And I fucking I know, loved it. I praised the I shit too, out of man. that. The only thing that I had a problem with that it wasn't R, but at the same time, it did everything perfectly. It had fun with the genre, great performances. It was so fun. I mean, the ending is kind of a little bit bonkers and everything, but at you the can, same time. You know, yeah, it does, it does go off the rails at the end, yeah. that's for sure. But, but you connect to the mother-daughter, you know, which is kind of what they wanted us to do with the sisters here that just never really materialized for me. But, you know, that's a movie that, you know, came out in the last five or six years that you can obviously see the influence because it's basically like look you know, at gerald here giving love to something the, great who else, yeah, who, I mean, who I, else I, would i invite on to talk about horror other than myself proclaimed <laughs> certified hashtag horror guy here seriously i'm so happy that you mentioned that because that yeah, movie dude. doesn't get the love it deserves i don't feel like you know mm-hmm. what i'm saying yeah man? i agree man it's underseen man i agree and hopefully you know that's what i'm saying if 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 you perp anybody listening purposely was like i want to see fear street 78 because that aesthetic speaks to me you know i like the camp slasher genre like friday the 13th like whatever and you haven't seen the final girls which is highly likely because like you said it's underseen then i would say seek it out i mean it, it's a great movie and it's much better than what we got with this a movie a million opinion. times better i mean my last thought on this before we get to ratings what a kill count huh we see a bunch of kids lined up in body bags to represent some kind of huge massacre it's just too bad none of them were fun inventive or all that impactful i'd say if they were trying to oh my camp slashers they failed miserably so on to my rating now uh one step lower than last week that's right 94 was better five out of ten i'm failing this motherfucker it's going in the lake which i didn't see a lake in this it's going in the forest very deep (laughs) yeah where wherever the fuck you're putting it you know there's no anything literally oh man i swear to god i see indie filmmakers week in and week out trying to make their own movies on instagram on twitter and gerald they're shot better they have no stars they have no names but they at least have integrity and they look like these people know what the fuck they're talking about with character and Mm. presentation and that's what matters what are you trying to make make up your mind Mm -hmm. like do you want to be a netflix filmmaker i get opportunity for sure like i said lee janik is at the time i don't know now if she's still dating but was dating one of the duffer brothers and maybe just got a pass like yo we'll we'll do do your movie because stranger things kind of thing i understand that and i'm not throwing shade or anything like that i get in today's market so many people are filmmakers you can shoot a movie on your fucking eye yeah steven soderbergh did i know i (laughs) know i mean no no i'm saying like you you, you get the perspective, Gerald. It's like, but yeah. this genre that you were going towards with this is so simple. You overcomplicated it and you didn't give anyone what they really wanted whether it be like you know the youthful audience your cw audience your american horror story audience or mm. get off my lawn i didn't get my kill in 15 minutes motherfucker chop that fucking head off early bitch yeah, show me some please. tits 
You know, I mean, you gave me a little sex. It was neutered. I mean, it's, fuck, go fuck yourself. Five out of ten. Failed rating. This is worse than fucking ninety four. Yeah, yeah. Let me let me join in on on the <laughs> vitriol here because this is now ninety four disappointed me, and we talked about that last week. And you know, I graduated high school in ninety four, so but yeah, you didn't fucking remember any I, of the songs, I, and when they were released, you fucker. <laughs> I know, I couldn't remember like, I was too stupid how accurate they were, <laughs> which is true. But anyway, I should have fucking loved that. But, you know, with Fear Street 78, it was just such a disappointment based on my expectation level. Because, like I said, when I, when I heard this was announced, this was immediately the one I gravitated towards because I love this, you know, camp slasher genre film. But I just don't think, I think this was disguised as a camp slasher. Like, you know, the aesthetic, the production design was all awesome. Like, top tier. Like, I thought it was shot really well. It looked really good. It was a very creepy kind of like ominous setting Hashtag which you want to have in these is types a horror of guy but I just couldn't connect any of the characters. Like I said, there's too many fucking needle drops in it. The first kill in this movie, guys, is at 44 minutes. That right there tells you why my rating is also a 5 out of 10. If we had gotten a kill in the first 20 minutes, and we had seen one of the kids get killed on camera, and we'd have had maybe 10 less popular songs <laughs> dropped in, and then the leaps in logic at the end were just like, what the fuck? Like, you're going to go to this mall that got constructed after the fucking... Uh, 78, and you're going to go into the mall and find the hand that fell into a hole because of some rain nearly 20 years before, and you're going to find it, and then that's you're going to have the hand. Okay. All right. So, yeah, five, five out of ten for me, too. I can't recommend it. Go no, watch The Final Girls. That's right. And you know what? You would have gotten some points. It was 78, motherfucker. You could have put some kiss in there. I know, I know, I know, I know Gene. I know Gene's a bitch. But listen, I would have loved it if I heard some God of Thunder, a rock and yeah. roll, you know, something. They, give me some, give me, give me like a, but a great rock and roll song. Give me something. That's fair. That's fair. But they did put... Put the Runaways Cherry Bomb in there for Loy Sauce. So, uh, well, yes, as our listeners are either fully aware or not aware, we did a patron-only segment where we talked about the Runaways. And everybody film. hated it, but me. So, I, I uh, never said I hated it. I never said I hated it. I just said it wasn't representative of the film. Gerald, you've been on the show so many fucking times, but if somebody is unaware, it's their first time. Eh, 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 ever tell them where they can find <laughs> yeah. you and your show yeah man uh thanks for having me you know it's a bummer that me and you two horror lovers didn't dig these two films and possibly 66 we'll see a little bit more but i do love chatting with you and it, it means a lot to me that you asked me to come on uh the easiest thing to do guys is just go to youtube and please look at all the content that i've been busting my ass to put out adjacent to my podcast the podcast is also there so you can subscribe to the channel and to the podcast right there on YouTube. It's just youtube.com slash two peas on a podcast. I hope everybody joins me over there. And thanks again for having me, man. I, I really enjoyed it. And you already know the drill. This is the Epic Film Guys podcast. You can find us literally everywhere. Like I always say every week, and I get messages, private messages, to get yelled at by saying so. We're up your mother's ass. That's how far we go. We're all over social media. At Epic Film Guys on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. 
if you like what you're hearing, if you don't like what you're hearing, we want to hear about it. If you literally think that I'm terrible and I should be executed or burned at the stake on a tree for stealing something from you, yeah, go on to iTunes and leave us a review. Please, we would love it if you did so. At least it shows that you listen, you care. Um, That's it for this week uh, for another Fear Street installment. I swear to God, I never expected. I mean, seriously, Gerald, I mean, we we might as well be reviewing the whatever CW show that's being put out. Yeah, kill some kids, guys. Come on. Is that too much? <laughs> ask <laughs> why do you show me the body bags if you're not gonna show me the actual death oh, come on man. come on we are thankful for every single one of you a two-piece fan or an epic film guys fan listening to this episode right now until next time i'm justin i'm not loisos but i'm gerald <laughs> and we will see you at <laughs> camp <laughs> where children actually die and the movies there it is we done